Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. There are a couple of things that I would do differently. So this takes us to the whole conversation about how we rethink, you know, education and, you know, yeah. like redesign it. So yeah, wanna, we can't just crap on it without putting together a No, no, I, a I think that we, so. we, we, you know, and I, I really, if there are any educators, you know, who are willing to do this, like, I think it would be game changing. And the funny thing is there's literally no college, particularly an elite university that doesn't have the funds to do this. They, they, they It's not a lack of resources. It's just a lack of, of sort of, it's, a, it's a, just a bunch of bureaucracy standing in the way mm-hmm. of, you know, people who aren't willing to challenge the status quo because, you know, the status quo is like, oh, you know, you get to stay in your cushy bullshit job as a provost. Um, you know, and <laughs> who would want to give that up, man? No, it's like two hundred and fifty dollars to sit in your ass, and you know, like I, I mean, the, the assistant dean at Pepperdine. I was just like, this guy does nothing. He probably makes two hundred grand a year. Right. And he comes in and he gives a few speeches to the students. To the best of my knowledge, that guy has literally had zero impact on my life. Yep. Um, and he probably saw a lot of money from my tuition. Way less impact on your life than the teachers that actually taught you. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Unmistakable Creativity Hour. I am here with my best friend, Gareth, and today we're going to talk about a subject that is near and dear to both of our hearts, something that we have alluded to in previous episodes, and that is education, redesign, and reform. But before we do that, I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of people, to Russell Rankle, who sent me a very nice gift in the mail, um, you know, which was a pipe and we'll leave it at that. Uh, and then Eric Roman, who sent me some hilarious messages on Instagram. Clearly, I think the audience is beginning to think I'm just this massive stoner after um, you know the last few Creativity Hour episodes based on the gifts I've received and the comments I've received. Are they wrong? I, I would say that I'm a, a functional stoner. Um, <laughs> yeah. like my, my rule, I, I don't know about you, my rule is no vices until after 5 p.m. Like it's kind of the, the always been my set rule is like, the workday ends at five, and then after that, um, nothing bad. But funny enough, given sort of some of the challenges I'm going through right now, I've actually been thinking, I'm like, huh, maybe I should just quit everything uh, for a month or two mm. to see if that, you know, 
uh, does anything. I mean, you've done detoxes, right? Like that, like where everybody oh, always yeah. says that like those things end up being actually surprisingly powerful. I remember I had a friend who, who, when I told her like the, before we planned the instigator experience, I don't, you probably remember this. Like I literally didn't drink uh, alcohol for three months. And she was like, look what you were able to accomplish when you didn't drink for three months. And I thought that's actually a really good point. Um, and it's funny because like self-care is like the first thing to go when you're under stress. It is. The first thing that always drops for me is is lifting weights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I for me, it, honestly, I feel like I haven't been exercising regularly and it's kind of probably not a good thing. Yeah. That's one of the things that I really love about my newfound passion for ice skating because when you put time on your calendar and you're going to meet a coach for, you know, a set block of time, like it's, it's like you were when you were doing CrossFit. Remember, yeah. like you don't skip that. Because well, yeah, not only that, it's, it. and it's expensive. Like that's one of the other yeah, reasons, right? Cheap, bro. Yeah, no, CrossFit gyms are like 200 bucks a month. And because you're spending that much, you're incentivized to go. Otherwise, you're just like pissing away right. money. And Oh, dude, I'm, I'm getting on the ice twice a week and it costs me like 60 bucks every time I go. Because yeah. I'm paying for, you know, personal lesson, ice time. Like it's a, it's not a cheap thing to do. Yeah. You have to be really devoted. Well, speaking of things that aren't cheap to do, let's talk about education. Oh, yeah. We actually have a topic, don't we? Yeah, we Let's do have go. a topic. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, you and I were both children of educators, and we have this sort of very, sort, you know, interesting take on the whole thing because of the fact that even though we were both, you know, children of educators, we challenge a lot of the sort of conventional wisdom about education. Uh, you know, your mm-hmm. mom was a teacher. My dad's a professor. Um, but, I mean, like, other than the sort of importance of good grades which were pretty much non-negotiable uh, you know i think for both you and i it was just kind of an expectation i don't anticipate you're based on what you told me i don't anticipate that you got like any sort of praise for getting good grades it was just like yeah great you're doing what you were supposed to do i was intrinsically motivated to get good grades yeah i, I was in the competition with myself and with my friends mm-hmm. because i ran in a group of people uh, we're talking high school here yeah right? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah i ran into the group of people that were pretty darn smart and so it was like a What'd you get on the test? Oh, a 95? I got a 97. Like that kind of nerd yeah. level. Like that was that was my crew. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because like we had a guy named Eric Barker here who uh, wrote a book called Barking Up the Wrong Tree. And it's funny because that's why we're recording on Thursday instead of Wednesday today because I met him for dinner last night. He just happened to oh, be nice. in L.A. And so he wrote a, an article. You can find it on the Internet about why valedictorians don't become CEOs. And, uh, you know, the he had all these sort of really counterintuitive things about why everything we know about success is wrong. And he said, it's not like these people don't amount to anything. Of course, they're smart. Like, I mean, all of our friends were valedictorians or just, you know, went on to do pretty impressive things. I mean, your class and mine, like your class was also it was funny. It was the class between us that was like kind of just full of idiots. Um, yeah, that was like the Beavis and Butthead class. Like there really weren't any there weren't that many smart people in that class for some reason. I don't know what it was. At least in band, at least the band people from that class were were just morons, in my opinion. I mean, maybe maybe it's just a personality thing, and we just didn't get with get you know mesh with them. But yeah, they always seemed like the uh, the odd ones out when whenever we would hang out. Yeah, well, they just seem stupid, in my opinion. But you're you're being kind. Um, I'm, I'm more diplomatic than you, but yeah. fuck diplomacy. Diplomacy I- is overrated. <laughs> hey, man. It's only the first glass of wine. Give it yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I'm working on it, a book that is going to have the least <laughs> diplomatic title ever. But, you know, we'll, well that's, a, that's a whole aside. Um, well, I, well, the thing that, that is so interesting, right, is that 
you look at this whole idea of intrinsic motivation in school, and uh, Jessica Leahy is a high school teacher, or I think a seventh, a junior high teacher, and she wrote this book about the gift of failure. And there's a quote in that book that always stayed me. She said, you know, like we're conditioning kids now to sacrifice the love of learning at the altar of achievement. And that really stayed with me because the funny thing is that you're right. You and I were intrinsically motivated to do well. I don't know if it was because we wanted to compete. Or, like Honestly, I can tell you I wasn't intrinsically motivated to learn. I was intrinsically motivated to get good grades, which is kind of ironic because the you know, yep. the, the, the reward is an external factor, but I mean, outside of the grades, I mean, like your mom, like what was the sort of conversation about school around your house? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal. 
growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time. And now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Oh, with my mom, she never worried about me because she just knew that I was going to do my thing. Yeah. I think that she was more worried about my uh, my sister, who's my junior. So I'm the eldest of three, yeah. and my sister's the middle kid. I think she was more worried about my sister doing her stuff, you know, getting getting through school. Not getting through school, but, like, doing well in life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it, that's the funny thing, because my sister was – we were both straight-A students in high school, but for me, it just didn't seem to – carry on to, to college. Um, but that's the funny thing about motivation, right? Like we write off all these kids as sort of lazy and unmotivated. And, um, yeah. I don't know that that's entirely true because it, well, okay. So did you, do you know, I like, again, I'm not close to anybody from the high school we went to, as I said, I could give two shits about that place. Like literally if it burned to the ground, I don't think I would feel like I literally probably would feel nothing. I'd be like, "Oh, great! There's now a room to build something useful there." Um, I have no affinity for the place. I would care less if it burned to the ground. The only good thing that wow. came from it is that you and I met, and you know. Um, but the thing is, like, I was trying to think, like, do you know anybody who was a total fuck up in high school who went out and kind of surprised you? Not a total, no, not a total screw up. Like I know people who like I never really personally thought were going to do all that much, and then they did. They did a little bit. Is there anybody who's like, a lot? oh, I don't know about a lot. <clears throat> I, I, and what's a lot, you know? And and also a lot of this is social media based. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. We don't know whether people so, are bullshitting us. That's a whole other episode. We right. should actually do an episode on you know understanding critical thinking, like practicing critical thinking. Great. Now we have our episode for next week. It's like critical thinking go. in the age of you know information overload. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you're right. Like we don't see, see the truth. So one guy that comes to mind, um, and it's funny because his brother was in your class and I taught him how to play the tuba was, uh, Robert Nagby and Ryan Nagby, like Robert. Oh, yeah. So it's funny. Cause like Robert Nagby was one of these guys, like, you know, names aside, what was interesting about him is he was wicked smart, but he was lazy as shit. Um, so he never really got good grades, but it turned out that he was actually, you know, quite intelligent. I mean, his dad was an attorney. Like it, it was kind of shocking when I got to know him. I was like, Oh wow, this guy is like way smarter than I anticipated. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he's a smart guy uh, for sure. And I think, I think he's in finance somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you Must go. I mean, it's kind of like, here's a C student, you know, who's got a job in finance. I can barely add, I probably couldn't even get fine, you know, hired at most finance places. And I was a straight A student, you know? Um, yeah. But I, I think he was a cool guy. Yeah. But, but I just think in high school, he just didn't care. So there's a difference between like, I don't care to mm-hmm. show up because high school is boring AF, you know, let's be honest for, for, especially for smart people, it's, it's boring, right? You're like understimulated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it, I mean, there's, there's that whole thing to contend with as well. And this is part of why education is broken because it, it caters to the masses mm-hmm. and not to, you know, it's, it's not trying to make a solution that solves the problem for everybody. It's trying to make a solution that gets as many people across a certain defined threshold. Yeah. The end. Well, and, and the unfortunate thing is that, you know, we really can't blame teachers because they're not the ones who are at fault in my no. opinion. You know, it's the system. No, no, they're the administrators. Yeah. The, the teachers are being forced. Cause like I've had teachers who are like, you're hypercritical of education. And I, I like, you know, I, one, I have to tell you, know, I want to say to anybody out there who is listening, who is a teacher, you guys are, 
honestly, you're doing God's work. Like none of us would be where we are without you. Like I can without mm-hmm. a question say that I would not have accomplished any of what I have without, you know, my ninth grade band director um, and mm-hmm. his influence. Like I can't think of one person who can point who who's accomplished what they have without the influence of a, a really wonderful teacher. Um, I mean, that honestly, oh, yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a great disservice that we pay teachers as poorly as we do. It's ironic, right? Because they're the ones who make it possible for doctors to become doctors, for billionaires to become billionaires. And yet they're the worst compensated people in this entire system. And yet they're probably the most influential. It's kind of an odd paradox. Well, I mean, your mom's a teacher, so you know this, you know, my mom is surprisingly well paid. Yeah. But uh, well, let's get to that. And and I don't want to like overshare my mom's personal. Yeah. yeah, We should talk about overall teacher compensation. Like that's a, that's a, we can talk about compensation for sure. But before we get to that, I think it's important to stress that this is a specifically, this is specifically an American problem. Maybe not specifically, yeah. but it's not a problem in all cultures, hmm. right? In uh, in Asian cultures, they are revered. Teachers yeah. are revered. They're 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 paid much better, and they're respected mm-hmm. within the community in a way that we don't respect our teachers. Yeah. So I don't know what it is about. Uh, well, I think I think what it has to do with is the American individualism mm-hmm. within our our you know personalities as a society. Uh, I think that we want to take all the credit when things go right and, <laughs> uh, and not pass it along to the people who got us where we are. Well, the, so it's funny. There's, there's a term for that. It's called self-serving bias, um, where right. you basically think that when something goes right, it's all your fault. You, know, you're, you, get, you take all the credit when something goes wrong. It was due to circumstances out of your control. Right, right. So we blame the teachers mm-hmm. when we don't get the job we want or we don't start the business we want. But if we do find success, then it's all because of our hard work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, look, you and I were very, very fortunate that we're, you know, the beneficiaries of both, you know, having parents who are academics. You know, there's also the conversation when it comes to education about privilege. Like, let's be honest. We came from privileged yeah. backgrounds. I mean, you saw where we grew up. Because I remember even the neighborhood that we grew up in when I would tell people that my parents bought a house there, which was to me yeah. hilarious because my dad was making 45 grand a year. And they're like, oh, you're rich because you live in that neighborhood. And I'm like, uh, well, yeah, but some of the guys we went to school with, you yeah. know, their, their parents were making minimum wage. You know? Yeah. I, they, which is shocking jobs. to me, right? Like, it, yeah, you don't even realize that when you're growing up, you kind of just kind of, you know, you're so unaware of that when, when yeah. you're growing up. But um, you know, it's interesting that you bring up motivation uh, in particular because that makes a perfect segue into a clip from our buddy Dan Pink, who had a lot to say about this. Take a listen. It sort of irritates me when people say, especially about adolescents and, and high schools, oh, they're not motivated. They're not motivated. You know, because you know, write a book about motivation. People ask about motivation. It's like, oh, what can we do to get these high school students motivated? They're not motivated. They're not motivated. And. And, and, you know, my view is like, oh, well, they think that your incredibly boring and controlling classroom sucks, and I don't blame them. But let me show you where they're motivated. Have you seen them in the in theater? Have you seen them on the athletic field? Have you seen them in the marching band? Have you seen them in the orchestra? Have you seen them in the school newspaper? Those people are super engaged. Why? What is it about those elements that make them engaged? Well, number one, it is 
freely chosen. So no one is forcing you to be in the marching band. No one is forcing you to be in the school newspaper. It's your choice. Second, it 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 is it involves other people. And and think about marching band. One of the best lessons that one can learn from marching band, I think there are two huge lessons that you learn from marching band. One, practice matters. When you practice, you get better at something. Two, your performance affects other people's performance and their performance affects you. So you got to bring your A game. And so so it's glad those things are collaborative. And the second, I think the third is I think actually really important is that it's real. It's real. It's out there. It's public. It's in the world. It's not this hermetically sealed terrarium kind of exercise that you have where you write an essay for your English teacher and he or she right. quickly reads it once. So Gareth, as two former highly motivated, you know, marching band uh, alumni and you yourself being a star of a school musical uh, and having a, a daughter who is now, you know, on her way to college. What do you make of that? Like, what do you think, think about that? Oh, I agree 100%. In my household, I, I was always required. It, there was more emphasis given to extracurricular activities than there was to grades. Hmm. In hindsight, I didn't really think of it at the time, but it was always really important that we were involved in something else, not just academics at school. And so, yeah, that's something I tried to pass on to my my daughter as well. It, it, that's funny because, like, I don't necessarily know that that was the case in an Indian family. I mean, you know, both my sister and I were in extracurriculars. I always think that my parents probably saw it as a means to an end. It's like, oh, this will help you get into college, so do it. You know, um, but yeah, they, that's, that's what I thought too. Actually, yeah, that, that's what I thought. My mom was encouraging me to do it for that reason because, yeah. you know, hey, you need as many bullet points on your college, you know, essay or your college resume to get accepted to that school. Yeah, and of yeah. course, come to find out, like none of that shit. Well, now it's even even like literally, unfortunately, like kids are spending so much time trying to like pad their resumes. It's like fifty AP classes, and you know, um, it, you know, you get a college yeah. admission scandal that emerges from this. This like, might blow your mind, though. Did you know that they actually get letters of recommendation from their teachers in high school that have to write them to the collegiate body that is, uh, you know, evaluating whether or not they're going to take the student? That's I a think, thing now. I'm pretty sure that we had to get. Did we have to get recommendation letters? I don't remember. I don't remember. I feel like I, I'm pretty sure like a, a guidance counselor wrote uh, uh, <laughs> a recommendation. But I feel, unfortunately, I feel like high school guidance counselors are more like glorified schedule planners. You know, no offense oh to anybody gosh. who's listening here. If you're one of those, because they don't really guide you on anything. And it's no different in college. You know, like, I don't understand why they call them guidance counselors, because they're really not guiding you on anything. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember, folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Who was it that told me that there was a guidance counselor who encouraged them to apply to lesser schools than they wanted to because the chance of them getting into the lesser school was better? That was probably me. Was that you? Yeah. She would improve the guidance counselor's stats. Well, she didn't didn't tell me about her stats, but like I, I can tell you the guidance counselor at North told me that I would wither away at Berkeley. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. These guidance counselors, they care more about padding the stats of the of the high school. Yeah. No offense to any guidance counselors listening, but you know, they're trying to pad the stats of the high school. Well, so if you're a oh, guidance counselor, provide part. guidance, don't plan schedules. That's ridiculous. Like provide actual guidance. Well, yeah. You know? There's there's so much to unpack. There's so much bullshit in the in the realm of education, yeah. especially when you're going from high school to college. Mm-hmm. We've got you know a ridiculously bloated collegiate cost now yeah. due to administrative fees that have oh, little it, to no value on the overall education. Like, absolutely, like Andrew so Yang bullshit. when he was here, we were talking about the rising cost of admission, yes. and he said, you know, largely what is to blame for the cost of rising tuition is administrators, and even 
even my dad has said, he was like, you wouldn't believe the number of bullshit jobs. Like, by the way, what the hell, if anybody listening to this can tell me, please write in. And if you're a provost, no offense, but that sounds like a bullshit job. What the fuck does a provost do at a university? You, do you know? <laughs> Which is hilarious. I mean, you're, you know, maybe they, they, they're like a, you know, they came from Gareth's lineage because his last name is yeah. Pronovost. So it's like, we could blame Gareth for the provost. Like, what exactly? Provost. Yeah. yeah, you should. Well, I mean, you don't have to do anything and you make a lot of money. That sounds like a pretty good gig. I mean, that's that's exactly why we're paying $100,000 a year to go to B-level schools these days. I had a we had an assistant dean at uh, my business school. And I remember asking the the woman who did my study abroad coordinating. I was I, I remember the day we graduated, we had this graduation dinner and I was like, can you tell me what exactly he does here? And she kind of looked at me and was like, he doesn't do a damn thing, does he? And she's like, no comment. <laughs> like, great. Dude. And you know, it's funny because like, you know, just to, to mess with a guy, I, I wish I had done this a bit more aggressively. So when I, I maybe I showed this before, when I was in Brazil, I sent him a postcard of a girl with a thong on, uh, you know, with a picture of a girl on a thong. And when I got back from my study abroad, the first thing I did was went to his office and I was like, hey, did you receive my postcard? And he said, yes. And so did everybody else in the administration. I'm like, cause you know, it has to go through, like it gets to the front desk. So literally everybody sees it and they're just like, damn. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I think I should have taken that a bit further and maybe just sent him like a stack of Brazilian porn. Like, I I feel like I didn't even go as far as I could have with that. But the thing is, that guy literally did nothing. And the thing is, like, we were paying, you know, our our tuition dollars go that even I was uh, at the Texas A&M Business School giving a talk and they had me on their podcast and I was in their executive office. And I was like, look, you know, one of the the issues with all this is that you have an office here where this is this like beautiful office. All these people have these really nice individual offices. Probably all of them make good money. And guess who pays the cost for that? Your students, you know? And yep. so it's insane. Like, I remember when I went to Berkeley, the tuition was $2,000 a semester. <laughs> I don't know what That's it is now. now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, dude, dude, I'm sure it's like 50 grand a year. At a public right? school. So like, yeah, I know. It's probably like seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars a quarter, maybe more. For the tuition. Yeah. That's just tuition, not anything else. I think I was paying when I when I graduated UCR in 2012, because I was a late bloomer, I went back to college. Yeah. Um I graduated there in in, in twenty twelve and I, I think I was paying like twelve grand a quarter, not including living costs, just for education. Yeah. 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 I mean, just for classes. Wait, twelve grand a quarter just for class? A quarter. Wow. Okay, that that's the, so, dude. the The amount that it's increased over the last fifteen years, it's it's stunning if you look at the numbers. And that's why you know, not to get political, but when people are like, "Oh, you know, uh, student debt, it doesn't, you know, shouldn't be forgiven," I'm like, "Well, something needs to get fixed." Yeah, this is an this is one of those things I've always said. I'm like, I'm a Indian person who sucks at math, and even I know that you can only keep lending out money so long without getting it back before you know there are systemic consequences. Like we've already seen close, you know, there was a college. I remember my sister applied to this uh, all girls college called Sweetbriar. And they closed after a hundred years. Wow. Like a, a college is a hundred years old closed. What led to the close? Do we know? Lack of money. 
I mean, because the thing is, the endowments stopped coming in. I mean, who's and it was a private school, so think about it. Like you're saying, like UCR costs twelve thousand dollars a semester. Like imagine what tuition is at you know an elite Ivy League school, and then forget elite right. Ivy League schools, the real culprits. The biggest culprits, I think, are these for-profit schools that you know yeah. Betsy DeVos owned. Which you know, personally, I you know, if there's any, like I could not believe somebody who uh, has literally ripped off the entire you know, student population of America was made our secretary of education. Well, that's because you prescribed two alternative facts, Rene. Yeah. And well. if you didn't, then you'd understand. Oh, okay. Wait, what are the true facts? Like, tell me. I... No, she, she's the one who said alternative facts, wasn't she? Yeah. So, never mind. Well, I, well, no, I mean, but the thing is that, you know, funny enough, it, it's kind of relevant, right? Because politics definitely have played a big role in education yeah. so if you think about it like when I, I remember talking to um Ramit about this he's like you know he's like no matter how you slice it this is a political conversation because one of the things that happened was ronald reagan being elected privatizing education like really changed Dude, everything and don't get me started well no the crazy thing is like ucla we, for free yeah yeah exactly so the funny thing is that for free we, and that's it takes us back to that whole conversation about decisions and first and second order consequences. It's like somebody made a decision 30 years ago that generations are going to pay for. Yeah. No, no shade to the boomers out there, but listen, y'all got to do the private education or the public education thing for free. If, if my dad as a California resident got to go to UCLA for, for nothing, yeah. you know, except for books and parking. And so you're telling me that I should deserve to pay $40,000 a year to get the same degree that he got in the same public school system 30 years later? Yeah. Get fucked. Well, yeah, uh, so you have, there's no logical pedestal that you get to stand on and make that argument. Yeah, we might have lost a few listeners there, but whatever. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. As, sorry. Uh, well, you have a daughter that's going to college, and I'm guessing a lot of uh, people listening to this do. So what well, is here's the thing? What's your take? My on daughter's this? going to college and I'm going to pay for her education because I can afford to do that. So she gets to go to whatever school she wants to. Yeah. But as a nation, we should absolutely give options to people who want to get a higher education, get collegiate level, you know, at least a bachelor's degree mm -hmm. where they don't have to go out of pocket hundreds of thousands of dollars, even tens of thousands of dollars. That's absurd. I, I, I like honestly, like there are times when I honestly think I'm going to die with this debt. <laughs> I, I hear you. No, I, I, you. I, I had a friend who told me, you know what he told me? He said, you know how people pay off their student loan debts when their parents die because they get the life yes. insurance money. Well, and that's going to be the truth for the majority of our generation. That is so disgusting. Well, you know, when you think about it, the boomers are going to pay for it eventually. There you go. The end. Yeah. I mean, it just circle. that makes me cringe, right? Like to think that that's what it's going to take. Like, yeah, you know, I don't it's want disgusting. My... Well, it's yeah, disgusting I mean, like the, to the idea yeah. that like my parents aren't going to see me thrive in my lifetime, and like I'm going to get out of the debt because they die. Like that's horrible. Right. I mean, I wish I knew. I, wish, I mean, I. I wish I knew what to tell you. Other yeah, than no, I, I mean, I'm, 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 reality I'm particularly like, you know, emotionally charged today because of something that happened that has nothing to do with this, which Gareth <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. But, um, and I'm just always grumpy about baby boomers. No offense to any baby boomers yeah, out yeah. there. Individually, well, I'm sure you're amazing. Yeah. As a group. 
you're very disappointing. Yeah. Well, look, here's the thing that the, the thing that, that the thing that's interesting though, right. Is that this also raises a question of the purpose of education in general. Like what is the point? You know? And like, we look at K through 12 and I'm kind of like, why do you need 12 years to do half the stuff you do there? Like you and I probably could have done third, fourth and fifth grade in about a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. look, honestly, most kids are way smarter than we give them credit for. And most, it, it's kind of like, you know, it was funny because Eric was like, you guys seem to like really have it out for the 17 year olds. And it's like, yeah, like we, I realize we need a seven, like a weekly 17 year old knock. And it's just like, you know, most fourth graders are smarter than they think they are. And most 17 year olds are dumber than they think they are. Um, well, and now I'm beating up on old people tonight. So yeah, I guess we I just, mean, we, we, we're just a bunch of old curmudgeons, apparently. Well, no, no. So this is what you call equal opportunity, you know, criticism. Oh, okay. It's, <laughs> it's affirmative action for, like, critiquing people, you know. For, for age? Yeah, affirmative action for age. Like, affirmative ages? We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're not criticizing any one group. We're equal opportunity critics, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, everybody is an idiot in some context or another. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the truth. Uh, ourselves... Included, definitely yeah. included, yeah. yeah, yeah, no question. So that's the thing, right? So like, you've got the, this situation where now you're seeing this system that has been going on, and the bigger issue in my mind is that it is actually not leading to the outcomes it's intended to produce. Like that, to me, is really where the problem is, um, and that problem started okay, wait, wait, a long pause, time ago. Pause. Yeah. What's what's the outcome that you think it's supposed to produce? Because I think the outcome you think it's supposed to produce isn't the outcome they actually wanted to produce. Okay, what do you think the outcome is? To keep people in line. You have to give people enough education so that they can contribute to society, but not so much education that they overthrow the oligarchy. Right, so well, it's a tightrope. You can't get too smart. Because then you won't, you'll break the system? Yeah, then you break the system. Which yeah. is what you and I are designed to do. Yeah. As humans, like we just. Well, we that's the help. thing, right? It's like, yeah, but then look at the outcomes. If, if the goal is to basically keep the society in order, look around. Are we really living in a world of order? No. Like well, we're living in a depends, world of disarray right now. Depends who you talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Depend- if you talk to the person who has the six figure job where they sit in their office cubicle and they are able to afford their, you know, house in the suburbs, then they're very happy. And they don't, they don't want the status quo to change because they feel like they deserve that. And I don't blame them. They've been sitting in a cubicle for 10 years. Shit. That life is awful. Yeah. Like, so they have one thing. Yeah. You might as well have an $800,000 house to look forward to when you come home. I mean, you might as well at that point, you know? And so how do you, how do you keep them motivated to keep going to their boring ass stale (laughs) job? Well, Mm -hmm. you have to, you have to create classes and you have to say, well, you're better than these guys. You think you've got it bad because you go to the, the thing while well, you're not working a minimum wage job. You're yep. educated. You're the elite. Okay. And- speaking of which, then that, that raises the question of, okay, is this should have, you know, I mean, this is a debate that is ongoing is like, should everybody even go to college? And I'm pretty sure the answer oh, is no. Um, but what if your daughter told you she didn't want to go to college? Well, I'd ask her what her plan was. Yeah. And, and well, I mean, the, the short answer to that is that's totally cool with me. So long as she's passionate about doing something, then that's great. Yeah. And if she doesn't know what she's passionate about doing, 
and I know there's a difference between passion and curiosity. I, I'm yeah, not yeah, trying yeah. to go down that road. No. If she has, if she has something that she wants to do, then then go for it. And uh, you know, I'm going to help you accomplish whatever you want to do. Like uh, support you in whatever way I can as as your parent to get to you know your desired outcome. But uh, you know, what what would be unacceptable is if she said, "I want to sleep in your basement and eat pop tarts all day long and never get a job." I would be like, "Well, then." You're never going to grow outside of this family. You're never going to have your own individual life and your own individual passions. Yeah. The only way you're going to get there is by having experiences. So that's a that's a no fly zone for me. Yeah, but I mean college alone, nah. Yeah, I mean, and and that you know raises the question of like, what is the purpose of being there? Like, what do you do to maximize your experience of being in college, and how do you get the most out of it? And you know, the I think the other questions that we want to answer here are what does it look like when you actually redesign education for the future? And for those of you who want to hear our answers to this, make sure you subscribe to the Backstage Pass for the rest of the episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? 
We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.